Sportsnet 590, the fan. It's September, folks. How did we get here? Well, calendar ticks along one day at a time. 365 in total in a year. The Mayans. There you go. Here we are. It is September. It's Gunner and Ailish on the uh, two, three hours away from the long weekend for us. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one. We've got a great show lined up. Energy is high in this room. We've just been... We've been laughing away for we a couple have, minutes we're here. We're watching fights at a Morgan Wallen concert. Yeah, the porta potties. Yes, it's a porta lot going fights. on there. This is how we started our conversation this morning: watching porta potty fights, and then watching the trailer for the Golden Bachelor, which is coming. Up. A lot of Golden Bachelor talk in here this which morning. Which is a seventy-three-year-old bachelor. I just, I'm obsessed. I think with he's this seventy-two. Idea. Don't age our boy Jair too much. Jair there. Bear. Anyway, it's just, it's a bit unhinged this morning, so get ready. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert, uh, if you like pickleball, you're going to love that <laughs> show. A lot of pickleball talk we in the talk, trailer. We looked at every single contestant, ranging from the age yeah. 60 to 75. Mm-hmm. These lovely women are looking for love. And we watched it this morning before we came on the air. Best, best of luck to everybody. Uh, I cannot imagine what an experience it would be watching your grandma go on dates on TV. I feel like that'd be a little odd for someone, but hey, that's not... It's not my problem. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, long weekend ahead. So if you're driving up to the cottage, you're getting out of Dodge, safe travels. Mm-hmm. Listen to us. Listen to our whole station on your drive up. But I don't know, like, the, do we, the August long weekend or Labor Day weekend and Canada Day weekend. Mm-hmm. How many other ones are there? There's Thanksgiving. There's the May one. May 1. May 2-4 for yeah. sure. What's the proper name for that? Uh, isn't it I mean, it's the May 2-4 weekend. Oh, isn't it Victoria, Victoria, Victoria Day? Yeah, because it was a whole thing when Charlie Montoyo sat Vlad Jr. on Victoria oh, yes. Day. And then the spin, the, well, it wasn't a spin. Someone just asked him about it, and the team effectively was, said, Charlie Montoyo doesn't know anything about Queen Victoria. And it, uh, that was just the funniest answer I've ever heard in my life because it has nothing to do with the Queen. It had to do with the 50,000-some-odd Canadians it attended yeah, it who had... wanted to watch their boy Vlad Jr. I do remember that. And guess was... what? Uh, you know what? Today, if you gave him a day off, yeah, maybe they wouldn't be so upset. Uh, family Day weekend, and then there's a couple. I mean, there's Christmas Love, and Boxing I gotta Day. Say, What's your favorite? So it's not my favorite, but I would just like to commend whatever level of government just said, all right. Family day, we're just making up a fake one. Yeah. Family day. Go do what you want with it. Uh, it's the, you know, I think the crux of it is it's like the saddest time of year, Blue Monday, mm. all that stuff. So I did love them just inventing one clear out of thin air for They're us. They're not even and, hiding it. Yeah, very much here for, for that. Although I will say the name, and this is this is fine now because I'm a grown man, yeah. but, you know, my younger days, a family day, let's all go do something. I want to go play Shinny. I do right. not want to do that. It's I want to. Like, yeah. do I have to do something yeah. with my family? They put it in the name. <laughs> it's like, she just called it a do-whatever-you-want day. Just day off. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy it. Sleep-in so, day. So I think, obviously, all the summer ones are best. You know, even yeah. even me, someone who loves, loves the changing of seasons, loves a fall, mm-hmm. all the summer ones are best. But I think... Weather dependent, May 2-4, if you have good weather, is the best one because it's the kickoff, you're finally here, you're out of the doldrums of winter, and we know how Canada works, you're not, you're going to get punched in the face by snow in April or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. but... That is, uh, that I I think that's the best one if you get good weather. This one always feels like 
not to me. I'm not one of these forlorn people, but a lot of people get sad around this one because it's I the can end. I see that. Yeah. For me, I I really I like this one a lot because you do remember that you kind of have another month of summer. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be Remind warm. people of that. It's, it's go- still it's nice. It's going to be nice for another month. You're going to get some fall golf in. Mm. Everyone's go kind of going today. back into your routine. Oh, good for you. Mm-hmm. We're kind of going back into your routines like September means things are coming back. Either going back to school or going back to work in more of a regular fashion. Uh, you got sports around the corner. I do like, I mean, football's a week away. You've hockey's around the corner. Mm-hmm. So I think I really like this one because it just feels like, all right, serious time is around the corner yep. and you got to get back into the grind. Um, and you, you're not at the very end of the good times of the year. Whereas when you get to Thanksgiving and it's, October, you're thinking, all right, the days are getting shorter. Mm-hmm. It's getting colder in the mornings and at night. But Labor Day, I think, has a lot of redeeming values still. So enjoy it, folks. Uh, send in yours. I, I, I don't do much for the August long weekend. Like that one to me, I'm always like, oh, yeah, there's oh, one here. Yeah. Kind of forget about we'll that one. We'll do that, I guess. Yeah. So I got to take another. Um, yeah, this one's always a little off. different, too. A lot of people, you know, taking the axe or something along those lines. It's not mm-hmm. your typical. It is for a lot of people, the last, you know, get out of Dodge, go to the cottage, yeah. whatever it is. But for a lot of people as well, it's the, all right, let's enjoy the city for the long mm-hmm. weekend. So, yeah, different feel. Don't mind it. It'll probably hit up a rib fest or something this weekend. A rib so there you fest. Go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Speaking of the axe, I was. We're doing a pre-tape, which we'll chat with Stan Caston, who's a president CEO of the Dodgers. You're talking Dodgers. about the X? Well, it was. It, it almost had to be because I live close to the X, and mm-hmm. we're pre-taping this interview oh. around two two thirty yesterday. And touch noisy. It was insane, and I'm sitting. We're we talking air show or air show mm. was being. Uh, the practicing of the air show was happening directly during the block of time that Stan Caston and I were going to speak and record. And, and it's an important does your interview. Dog, does your dog have thoughts on My that My dog matter? has never experienced yeah. the air show. So first we had Bunker's first air show. Mm. The air show that's just relentlessly. I felt like they were circling above my apartment like, hey, <laughs> you had a call with someone? Right, let, me, let me let me eavesdrop in <laughs> on what old Stan's yeah. got to say. And so when I brought him on the line, I said, do you mind if we wait like 10 seconds? Because it was like. Yeah, I uh, I used to have an apartment uh, right right by High Park, and I'd mm-hmm. always hear him, see him from my balcony there. So yeah, I uh, I know it well. Just another it's jarring. Uh, yeah, it is very jarring. Another long weekend thought as well. The Thanksgiving one that always makes me just jealous. Mm. I'm very because je- American yeah American I Thanksgiving. It, it, this is my hobby horse. I will bring it up every year until someone in the NHL chooses to steal the idea <laughs> and not give me any credit. They have their football. Why mm-hmm. can't we have our hockey? Mm-hmm. We have the, you have the Canucks and the Kraken now. That's your eighth Canadian team. You just Go divvy it. it up. You have Leafs, Habs, and then the Suns and Jets have to play each other because who cares about that? And then you got the Battle of Alberta, <laughs> and then you got Kraken, and it's just, it sets up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And until we get that, my Thanksgiving always feels just a little incomplete. It just doesn't quite feel like it should. So, I always love Thanksgiving. The food's great. One of the best food days of the year. Of yeah. course, of course, of course. But it's impossible for me to just sit there and enjoy it without being jealous of what America is about to get a month from this. Some of that four U.S. Thanksgivings, yes. it was, you're not wrong. It is, they, it's immaculate. They go beyond beyond mm-hmm. what they should probably go and do. Um, but I enjoyed it very much. So enjoy your long weekend, folks. We're both off on Monday. Um and then next week, I, I've got the show with Rubinoff. So that will be very fun. And you've got a collection of shows I'm, that you're doing. Yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> so enjoy it. Um, we will certainly 
recover from uh, a long stretch here with Blue Jays. Uh, they didn't have a game last night, which kind of started your long weekend a little early, but you got to get back into tonight as they face the Colorado Rockies over at 8.40 p.m. So weird start times and weird altitude. So best of luck to the, mm-hmm. the folks that are arriving. Um, but yesterday was an interesting one because after the show started trickling out that the waiver additions, the waiver wire mm-hmm. of basically the Angels dumping half their roster. Uh, there was some intrigue. I don't think that a lot of us thought the Blue Jays were going to really be able to snag many people. It does go opposite order of your rankings. Like they had a chance, but they're kind of in that mushy middle mm-hmm. where you haven't won enough games to be out of the picture of, okay, we're not even close to getting a waiver wire, but you weren't really bad enough to be in the top yep. five or six teams that could get someone on the waiver wire. So that's why it felt far-fetched the Blue Jays would actually acquire anybody, but the Cleveland Guardians basically got a ransom. They went in there and swiped almost everybody Mm -hmm. available from the Angels um, who are, and the Guardians, we just saw them, have been under 500 for a pretty long time. They were sellers at the trade deadline, but have remained in the hunt for the AL Central title. And they had played the Minnesota Twins, who were first in the division, just the same week. Took two or three from them as well. Maybe they thought, hey, you know what? Let's just go for this. We're not that far off, but we can beat this team two or three times. But they're six games out of the wild card spot as they entered play yesterday. Uh, five behind the Minnesota Twins. So, I mean, power to you. Swing for the fences, Guardians. And they ended up with Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, Matt Moore. And they're a better team because of it. Yeah, they go out and pick up those guys, and that's pretty much just a clear middle finger to the Twins, yeah. honestly. they I mean, look, you try. Teams have come from five games back. I mean, look what the Mariners just did mm-hmm. within the last month in, in their division. So you see that it's possible. But looking at this, I don't see how you look at it any other way than just clear as day. See where the Twins are on priority, even though... Now, this is the part that frustrates me, and I don't know what the exact fix is for it. I understand the simplest way to do the waiver priority, rightfully so, is based on your record. Mm -hmm. But if the Twins get into the playoffs for winning that division, no matter what, should they be treated like a team that's outside of the wild card picture, or should they be treated like a playoff team mm. that is going to be locked into a playoff mm-hmm. spot no matter what? It is really, you know, it's funny. McKee and I were talking about one of the dumbest sayings in life, have your cake and eat it too. What's the point of having cake if you, if you can't eat it? I was listening to you guys yeah. go through this, and I was... But- this is it. And they, now you get it. They do get to have their cake and eat it too. <laughs> they get to be leading the division, an automatic playoff spot because of that brutal division. The 69 wins would have them only ahead of the Yankees in the AL East, okay? But they still get to claim all these guys because of where their record falls. That part doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I also think that if this is a one-off, I think this is a pretty unique circumstance where it's not that the Angels were just trying to shed payroll. They were trying to shed payroll to get below the luxury tax. I don't think they waive all these players Mm -hmm. if it's just the cost of the contract. It's the cost of the contract plus what the luxury tax does to it. Like implications there. But I look at it and wonder if this is going to become a habit, baseball has to bring back the non-waiver trade deadline or they have to find a way to have a fix for this. Or move the deadline to yesterday. Well, That That would have been awesome. Well, that's the thing because we used to have the, there used to be the two deadlines. Mm -hmm. There was the one in at the end of July and then the one at the end of August where you had the not, you know, the Jays have made moves like this in the past. A guy like Darwin Barney has played for them in I think it was 15 or 16. Yeah. And guess what? Wasn't eligible for the playoff roster, but you needed him to get through September. I would like to see baseball look at this. I don't know what the exact fix is, but I don't Mm. think you can 
you can have this many players who I want to be clear. I don't want to overstate too much what their impact is, but they didn't claim them because they're completely useless. Yep. We talk about arms all the time. Just getting an extra one can be so impactful. So uh, kudos to the Guardians. That's what you're supposed to do. All I ever do is crap on teams for not trying to win in mm-hmm. baseball. So I can't get mad at them for paying money to acquire players. And it wasn't even that much. It's like $3 no, million. Exactly. So frustrating from a Jays perspective that you miss out on all those guys. Mm-hmm. Also have to throw this in there. A little funny that Randall Gretchick didn't get so out claimed. of everybody that was available, <laughs> the Reds pick up uh, Bader and Renfro as well, mm-hmm. and uh, like they're a better team because of it. The Reds are so fun to watch. Uh, they're only two games back of a wild card spot. Um, really hope that they get a chance to play some meaningful games. But one player goes unclaimed, Randall Gritchick. Randy. He's probably sitting around me like, oh, everybody went somewhere, and I'm back here in the Angels organization. Yeah, and the Jays are already paying part of his freight anyways, mm-hmm. so there was some wonder, some people wondering, hey, you're already paying half of it, why don't you just go just get the player? Somebody but, texted that in on our text Yeah, line. but looking funny. at looking at where Gritchick would fit, I mean, say what you will about this Jays outfield, there's just mm-hmm. not a use for him there. If mm-hmm. Randall Gritchick played shortstop, then maybe, oh wait, that's Paul DeYoung, and you said no thanks. Did you see the game after the Blue Jays? Yes. Uh, yeah, Paul Paul DeYoung has like hit like three right homers. Away, right away. Went deep. Yep. Manda, yeah, of course. That's how it goes. Uh, but the Gore, yeah, I mean, I'm honestly good for the Guardians. They, I think Terry Francona's last year, potentially, mm-hmm. that's been rumored. He won't say it outright, but if you're going to do it, do it big. Grab who you can and, yeah. and make this uh, an interesting run. So best of luck. Uh, we'll chat with Bill Ripken, actually, at 8 o'clock, former MLB infielder and current MLB network analyst. Um, I mean, I think there's probably a little bit of a a bitter taste in a lot of GMs and organizations mouths when they see what the angels just did. It's totally legal, mm-hmm. but is it bad business? A little bit. Um, I was listening to Blair and Barker and they had John Morosi on and they're kind of asking, is there, will they change this moving forward? And I think there's a real case to be argued that next year, this isn't a practice that happens. I don't know, as you've mentioned, like what they actually change, but it's just a bad look. You know, it's just not, it's just, it sucks a little. Yeah. As much as I would like baseball to get ahead of it, I think that these are pretty particular right. circumstances. I mean, when is a team going to have a player like Shohei Otani that they're trying to prove something to mm-hmm. again? Not to say it'll never happen, but you throw that up against the luxury tax and then the team completely cratering. Shohei's arm falling off after the trade deadline. Mike Trout always being There's a lot of extenuating circumstances that make me think this is more of a one-off. But if we have a similar thing happen at the end or Mm -hmm. after the trade deadline next year, then I do think baseball has to look at this because, look, waivers are a part of the game. If the Guardians are going to get better because of it, I I don't think that's some huge problem. But I don't think you just want to have a waivers free-for-all where (laughs) teams are sitting there. Are you actually actually better off being out? Would the Jays have been better off if they were two games further back and then they would have Probably not because these guys aren't that impactful, Mm -hmm. but uh, I just think that's the way you kind of have to look at it. Yeah, so Blue Jays are 73 and 61, and Cleveland is 64 and 70, which meant that they were much higher in the waiver order. Uh, So Blue Jays don't get anything, even the unclaimed Randall Gritschuk. But I think. Could have okay if they wanted that. They could have. I wonder if they're like, oh, maybe we know. Because you would have to open up a spot for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Speaking of spots, believe it when you see it, but we may see. Mr. Chad Green joined the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend. Never thought I'd see the day. I cannot wait to see this man's face. (laughs) Like, I'd like to see him in the flesh Mm -hmm. and make sure he's a real human because I've just heard that. I I think I've said Chad Green's name every week thinking he's coming. He's coming. Oh, he's back. He's coming. So 
Sounds like the Blue Jays are expected to call up Chad Green and Spencer Horowitz from AAA Buffalo. Um, today's an important date. Rosters expand from 26 to 28 players, so you're able to um, add one pitcher and additional position player. So it sounds like that's the two that the Blue Jays will bring up. And Horowitz, we've seen in the MLB before, uh, but he's you know someone that there's a lot of excitement around. I think he's our 17th ranked prospect for Toronto. But Chad Green, like he's been the conversation. Is he going to be like a trade deadline mm-hmm. acquisition? What's he going to do this team? How how well is he going to recover from Tommy John surgery? But we might see it this weekend. I don't want to poo-poo this because I think Chad Green can come in and help this team. But how? When you look, look at, at a the pretty bu- good bullpen, when you look at the bullpen, where does he slot in? And I, I want to be clear: you can never have too many quality arms, mm-hmm. especially with the way this Jays team has been going and playing games that go to extras, and it's <laughs> always tight late, and you're always relying on the pen. It never hurts to have another guy, and if he can work his way up the trust tree to the point where he's more of a high leverage guy for you, that's awesome. But you just look at the strength of this team, and again, where's he going to slot in? It's behind Romano, of course. It's behind Hicks, mm-hmm. of course. It's behind Meza, of course. It's probably behind Garcia. I, I heard and you that look he's... at Richards. You, like, you, you yeah. just go down the list. They want to put him in low, low leverage to and, start, and, and I get it. And that's a great piece yeah. to have, but it's just because of how big a strength it mm-hmm. already is for the team. It's great to add to your strength. I'm not going to say that mm-hmm. this isn't going to help them. I just don't know how much it can change. Because how many games have the Blue Jays lost this year, or at least in the back half of the year, because the pen was no good? Mm-hmm. One. And yeah. it was the one on Sunday when Mesa blew it, right? I think, uh, I guess a good problem to have. Totally. You know, if we were Great relying problem. on Chad Green to come up and this weekend help shut down the Rockies, like mm-hmm. I think we'd be a little nervous because this guy, we, we, you know, I have, I think there's high expectations for him, but cautious optimism because he hasn't played or pitched in a, an MLB game for a while because of Tommy John. So I think I'm going to taper my expectations. And if we see him in low leverage, I'm happy to see him just get on a Blue Chase roster. Yeah, and if it adds one more. If it adds one more inning, you know, we've talked a lot about the fatigue the starters may be feeling and not just in terms of physical, but the mental fatigue as well. If you have one more arm you trust and you can take Gosman out of a game a little earlier, Mm. take Barrios out of a game a little earlier, Kikuchi, obviously with Ryu pitching, I think tonight, but for sure this weekend, that's a, that's an important piece to have because we know Ryu is not going to work deep into a game. So Really nice piece, but I don't think it changes much for this Jays team. So Spencer Horowitz, uh, the second call-up in 2023, he, since rejoining the Bisons when he went back down, he's batting 379 with eight home runs, 14 doubles in 50 games. Yeah. So maybe he's got the Davis Schneider, Ernie Clement juice. Worst in him. thing that ever happened to Spencer Horowitz was, was Davis Schneider, Schneider. Ex- existing. Uh, we're take your, that. Yeah, take your expectations, <laughs> lop them in half, and then cut those in half, and then maybe that's where you should you should wind up. This is a player who is, like you said, he is he's a middling prospect on the Jays in terms of their kind of top hundred. This is not a guy who is part of the, or I shouldn't say is a is not part of the future. It's not when they're banking on to be a core piece for this team. You know, this isn't Elvis Martinez. This isn't Addison Barger. This is a guy who maybe can help you a little bit now, though. And September call-ups, as much as they're about helping you now, and that's what this Jays team needs, you also just want to get a look. What do you have? This isn't the old September call-ups where there's 40 guys on the roster and it's basically AAA that some of these guys are seeing anyways. No, it'll be Major League stuff, and you want to see how he handles himself up there. So Hunjun Ryu gets the mound versus Chris Flexen. Uh, that will be at 8.40 p.m. tonight. You can catch it on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590. The fan uh, will have lots of time to tee that up throughout the show. As I mentioned, we'll have 
Bill Ripkin on at 8 o'clock. We're going to have Alvin Williams join us in studio at 8.30 because big game today, Canada against Brazil. That is at 9.30 on Sportsnet at 9.30 a.m. So you can catch that uh, right after we're off the air. He'll help tee it up because uh, 3-0 start to this tournament. You can't ask for anything more. It's been nope. a pretty perfect start, but now uh, it gets really interesting. Uh, the challenges get much more difficult. The opponents are a bit more legitimate mm-hmm. than Lebanon. Um, but you already played France, who was a pretty legitimate team as well, yep. and uh, Latvia. So today will be a big one, but I think if you can confidently say that SGA is looking like one of the best players in this tournament, there's a lot of excitement around today, and then they'll have another one um, on Sunday. Sunday. So uh, two big games this weekend. And Alvin will help tee it up, but I'm really excited. Like, I haven't been this excited to watch um, FIBA basketball ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so certainly this this little stretch has, I think, brought a lot of casual fans in as well, which is what you want because you don't want to just wait, hopefully, for them to make the Olympics. Like This is where you can really start to fall in love with new players, and I think we're seeing that a lot with the fan base. Yeah, it's hard to overstate how big this game is today, too. Uh, for everyone, for anyone who's uncertain, and it's been stated ad nauseum, so bear with me if you've heard this, but it's not so much about where Canada finishes in the tournament. You know, There's a world where they finish third in this tournament, and it's not good enough to qualify for the Olympics because two teams from the Americas go ahead of them. This Brazil team that you're going to play today is the one of the teams that you're looking at mm-hmm. as competition for that second spot. We all assume America will take the first one. But as Arash rightfully chastised me for She's yesterday, like Canada's a favorite. we shouldn't assume that. We should not just, just assume that. So I think when you look at this game today, if you can hand a loss to Brazil, put them on the back mm-hmm. foot heading into the seeding round and the actual bracket that will start after this round of group games because it's the most complicated tournament of all time, Hard to overstate how big it is. And just cathartically, if we get to watch Dylan Brooks or Lou Dort just lock up Bruno Caboclo uh, for Raptors fans, uh, the ghost of our past, yes. that, that would certainly be nice as well. There is a lot to understand in terms of the groups. Mm-hmm. Canada, Group H, there's another group that don't even worry about it, okay? They're the, now the in a group. The best thing you can do is just win both games. Exactly. <laughs> and they, then you make it to the quarterfinals. They are now <laughs> in a group with Spain, Brazil, and Latvia. They do not play Latvia because they've already played Latvia. Mm-hmm. All of the wins and the record from the previous round carries over. That's why it was so big to go in undefeated. Yeah, and, and now they can't afford a loss. Again, you win both, you're going to be totally fine. If you lose one, it makes it much more difficult. Mm-hmm. And then part of this as well is looking at kind of where you end up in the bracket. And obviously, you want to avoid the states kind of as long as you can. Yeah, there's a way that Canada could face the United States in the semifinals, but it's just take care of your own business, you yep. know? I wouldn't try to be cute to either win one. And- By the way, uh, United States were in a bit of a dog fight uh they're up what? 10 with a minute and a half left uh right now in their uh, group fight. i uh, gotta be honest not f- montenegro i was not I familiar looked at with this the flag last night and the th- before i went to bed because i was curious Eight point about th- game 116 i was curious about the line because i was getting it ready for today's mm-hmm. show to talk about canada who are heavy favorites again and i think the united states were 40 point favorites yeah so it's an eight point game with a minute left i think that they'll probably pull it out but Montenegro, like yeah. uh, Vucevic, that's their that's their guy, Nikolai uh, Vucevic. So I definitely yes, know him having a big game. Canada and Brazil, uh, nine thirty a.m. That's on Sportsnet, of course. Uh, Canada is uh, nineteen and a half point favorites. Okay, so just makes me feel good. Keep rolling, keep rolling. Uh, yeah, I don't care about the cover. I just want you to win. <laughs> Speaking of the cover, guys, we won the wake and rake we last did. night. We did. We won the wake and rake. So tough Coco one. Goff. Tough one for my brain. Woo! What a Friday! Mm-hmm. So we had Coco Golf cover the spread. 
Who did you have again? I had the Braves over the Dodgers. My God, that game was so good. Intense. I, no Blue Jays baseball last night. I was like, I'm not going to watch any baseball. And then I turned on to watch this absolutely incredible game between um, the Dodgers and the Braves. Do you know how rare it is that we can actually point to whether it be the National League, the NFC, and say those are the two best teams in the sport? It oh, never it has not happened in a long time. But those months. are the two best teams in the sport right and now, Dodgers and Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr. What a day. Hit, yeah, hits a grand slam on his wedding night becomes the first player with 30 homers and 60 stolen bases ever mm-hmm. in a se- in a season then Mookie Betts hits home runs um it just it was it was two NL MVP contenders going against yeah, each other. Game. Acuna got married earlier in the day, which to me is just is wild. Did you see the pictures? It looked like a very quaint backyard yeah, I ceremony. I think it was a quick one in yeah, the morning. I would think. But nonetheless, like what an incredible game that was. Ends up 8-7 um, for the Braves. Um, it was. It's going to be the must-see, um, must-watch must, must this weekend, especially with the later hours because you can watch the Blue Jays and them kind of at the same time. And I will say, Acuna, he's just, uh, I thought Mookie Betts was always going to be the coolest player in baseball. Ron Acuna Jr. definitely uh, bucking his head for that one. He like hit the gritty into a year too small yes. after the game. It's it was crazy. very cool. The other Impossible part, not to like that guy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, God, it's, there's some firepower on the other side of the uh the country there we'll just keep our eyes on the al east but the other part of our of our parlay was ucf ncaa football to yes. cover a what was it 35 and a half points spread, and they won 56 to 6 so they did that for us easy what? easy cover yeah there's a ncaa football for you guys uh so it's back it is back uh one thing that we did talk about yesterday and i don't know you manifested it gunner like i, I actually you really did so when i saw well, I'll let you set it up. But okay. when I saw what we're about to talk about on Instagram, I thought, oh, did I see this last night? And it wormed its you way into my have. brain. But I didn't because it was posted after our show yesterday. So we're talking about William Nylander yesterday and how now that uh, Sheldon Keith's got a contract and Austin Matthews has a contract, everything's going to be willy, willy, mm-hmm. willy when he gets to the podium. And I swear, you you said, well, wouldn't it be crazy if he showed up with cornrows mm-hmm. and everybody will be you know judging him mm-hmm. or like, oh, he's not taking this serious. And then... Two hours after the show, yeah. you go on Instagram and William Nylander posts a shirtless photo with his brother, both with cornrows mm-hmm. somewhere in like San Tropez. Yes. I, I, Rasmus Sandin also on the trip as well. Oh, he's yeah. not in the photo. No, though, he wasn't in that does picture. He have he was, was, no, no, I was uh, dying to see that. I wish. Yeah, I think Sandman's got the too short a hair, I think is the problem there. I think for you him. might have honestly either manifested this. Or I like saw to think, into the future. I like to think that me and Willie are just so on, on the same, same wavelength that he's like, Gunner, Gunner called for it. I'm going to let the people know. <laughs> he quickly that it went is and there. started braiding. Yeah. I just, quick, come it on. It was stunning. I'm really impressed. I can't believe I, uh, I called my shot that way. Okay, let's, all right, let's see if I. Okay, what uh, else do you have? Okay, let's try it again. Anything in there? William Nylander is going to show up and sign an eight-year oh! deal that, for a number that we're all okay What's the with. Number? Just nine. I'm no, I'm going to ballpark it. No, we can't. The, I, if I just say a number, we're all okay with. It gives me a lot of wiggle room in there. So uh, between that's not happening. Um, five million yeah. and fifteen exactly. million, somewhere, somewhere in <laughs> I there. I think that's no. a safe range. Yeah, I, I wish. I wish I had that power. I don't think anybody can manifest a contract for William Nylander, at least not until he's a UFA. Well, next year. I'm just. I'm really impressed with your... I'm proud of myself. I am. With your ability to see the future. So Willie Nylander's got cornrows. Don't know how 
recent that photo was, but Who nonetheless, knows? he was wearing them sometime you know this the, summer. You know the kids love a photo, a photo dump, dump from Lord knows when, right? You know a photo dump, I, right? I mean, I don't do one. I actually think one time I tried, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try Did this. Go not for me. Not no. not for me. No. It's hard to pick and choose. Yeah, just here, here's what you're going to see on my Instagram. Uh, golf. That's yeah. it. Well, and occasionally my kid. That's all right. Yeah. We do like that. Yeah. Double tap for sure. Um, more sports news. Uh, hockey Jason with the Leaf, former Leaf, Phil Kessel. Leaf so legend. It is absolutely uh, incredible what he's done. He's on the NHL Ironman streak, of course. The only player in league history to play at least a thousand games in a row. He's currently at 1,064. 75 more than Keith Yangle. Yangle. Keith Yangle. He dangles. Dangle Keith, Yangle. Keith Yandle, who uh, Kessel uh, broke his record last year, but Kessel is a UFA. He just won the cup again. I remember when he was down on the ice, um, was asked about if this is it for him. And no, no, I would still like to play, but nobody's claimed him this summer. Um, he's only eight points away from a thousand in his career, but he's also 35, eligible to sign a one year minimum contract with bonuses that can slide to next season. So he can be cheap, he can be somewhat serviceable and he's willing to end the Ironman streak to play hockey next year. So I think this has probably opened a lot of eyes because it's important. A lot of people take the Ironman streak seriously when Keith Yandel was, was on the cusp of it. There was a mutiny about him not playing games, but for Phil Kessel to come out early and say, if you sign me, I'm willing to sit. Well, now that he has the record, he says that. Right, no, no, yeah. I, but I get it. I, yeah. I would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you're not sitting me. I'm going to get this record. I've, I don't know how I feel about it because the Ironman streak, and I understand. like Nobody's even close to catching him. Well, they're all kind of... They're all kind of phony, right? I mean, we look at the, you know, there's a famous story about Cal Ripken. It's like the lights went out one night when he was supposed to have his Ironman streak and maybe it was broken and then the game got delayed. No, look at that. Like, there's oh, always... come on. That to me counts. Okay, there's, no, no. It's not that it doesn't count. It's just there's always a little chicanery towards mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. The coach thought Keith Yandel shouldn't play and the player said, over our dead body, he will play. <laughs> Phil Kessel, look at what he was giving to that Golden Knights mm-hmm. team. As soon as the streak was over, he, you know, oh, I would happily sit now the Patrick Marlowe I'm gonna hang on until I break Gordie Howe's record they just all have this feel about them and the thing the thing that I think of with Kessel and I know you're trying to ask me about where he could Mm. potentially catch on but the thing I think about is he is one of those players that is just gonna now because he has the Ironman streak maybe this doesn't happen but just gets kind of lost to the sands of time Mm. he's not going to be a hall of famer he'll be a debate guy because of the record and the numbers but they're not the cups will it'll be a fun debate but he i think he will ultimately be you know this player's more deserving but the mcgillney the the mcgillney of his era Mm. a guy who's just hanging or who has a case but maybe not a good enough one but i just think of him as a guy who 10 years from now when he's retired and never doing interviews because he's phil kessel you know, we'll remember it, but he's just a guy who's gone. It's just, I, I just think it's a great time to kind of reflect on mm-hmm. the player that he was. In terms of where he fits going forward, I, there's a reason nobody's come a calling. It's because he's cucked. Can he, can he, given some space on the wing, snap one bar mm-hmm. down? Of course he can. The release is still there. He's a smart player. The playmaking is still there. The boots are not. He's a proven winner, Gunner. He, he is a winner. He is a winner. But he almost beat Sidney Crosby in the Conn Smythe voting one year. Almost. How many years ago was that? Couple. Quite a few. Yeah. Uh, so last I, year he had 14 goals. I adore <laughs> Phil Kessel, but he is capital C cooked. And if a team wants to give him a shot mm-hmm. to be a sage veteran type, if you're a 
you know, I'm just going to pick the team that we always think of. If you're the Sharks and you want to have a, you know, good guy presence, mm. whatever, that makes sense to me. But for a team that wants to actually accomplish anything, no way. Um, and I know, I know, he just won the cup. I yeah, know. Oh, yeah, of course. But he didn't do it by himself. Um, he didn't play most of the playoff games either. But that mm-hmm. doesn't count for the Iron Man streak. What do you think of that, too? Like, Ridiculous. Yeah, I, that one, to me, it's like, okay, you're still we, playing, me, you're we playing won't, more in meaningful games. Yeah, we games. won't count the games that count the most <laughs> yeah. for the Iron Man streak. But uh, all these other ones definitely matter. So last Just kind year, of proves my point about yeah, how ridiculously I agree with that one. Uh, last year, obviously, played 82 games. Uh, 14 goals. Eight of them were wrist shot goals. Yeah. This is a stat from still Big Head Hawk. So they, you know, really specific eight wrist shot goals. Uh, 36 points was uh, minus seven and uh, plus nine takeaway differential. Apparently has $1.4 million market value via the athletic. Okay. So if you get them on league men. Dom likes them. Yeah. You're saving a little bit of money. Um, but what about a return to the Penguins? Because this year they're really pushing some stuff here. Kyle Dubas likes to sign veteran guys. Mm-hmm. Kyle Dubas loved Patrick Marlowe. He yeah. loves some of these yeah, old boy. Jason Spezza. Like he's put some old guys on this roster that have sage wisdom mm-hmm. and veteran experience. And a return with Kessel and some of the guys they used to play with. And they're making a little bit of a push this year. I would not be surprised if he, they at least kick tires on Phil Kessel. I wonder if it's a. I wonder if this plays itself out like the Patrick Kane situation will, where Kessel's mm. not hurt, but he bides his time. Maybe someone catches an injury, and he is a guy who kind of signs up midway through the year. You mm. get to prorate the deal, so it's not the full league men. I, I do wonder about that as well. But yeah, I just. I have a hard time seeing a team with actual aspirations kicking tires there. Like Unfortun- no, unfortunately, obviously, I love them. Everyone keeps saying, "Like, okay, where would he fit on the Leafs?" Mm-hmm. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Look at the top six. Oh, look he at, wouldn't be top. Uh, six. No, but look at your third line. It's David Camp. You're not going to put Phil Kessel with David Camp. Your fourth line has Ryan Reeves on it. What? There's just no. There's no fit. If they for didn't him. have a Ryan Reeves that you knew you needed to kind of have a mm-hmm. little bit of physicality yeah. for, there would be a little bit of space maybe on the fourth line to punt a little no, bit. They no. need speed. They need him. They need they, speed. I, they they need him as in Ryan Reeves at least punch some people. But yeah, they he's not as uh, fleet of foot. No. There's some youngins that would definitely uh, be a you better know what the fit. Leafs, you know what the Leafs need is some guy I've never heard of who's 22 years old to have just come up through the Marlies and be a totally, like, your, your Pontus Holmberg to have actually stuck. Your Bobby McMahon to have actually mm. stuck. That's what the Leafs so desperately need. Nick Abruzzese, Alex Steves, keep on naming them. Any one of you, if you would just like to inject yourself into this Leafs lineup and and be here to stay, Holmberg, it was a fun little flirtation mm. we had. That's what this Leafs team desperately, desperately needs. It was push for Pontus to get it him was. into the All-Star God, game. Kipper was, Kipper was saying him. he's going to get offer sheeted this summer. That was, that was, that was fun. That all, that that, all that that proves is that we talk about baseball seasons being long, but at least there's new stuff every day with a baseball team for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, hey, the Leafs haven't played in two days, and we're <laughs> going to still talk about them for five hours today. So Kessel not really, um, uh, I wouldn't say, shouldn't be too worried about the Ironman streak because the next closest is Brent. Yeah, I should just go to Boston, go back home. Yeah, Brent Burns. 761 games, so quite far behind just Phil Castle. Just a bit, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's worried about him catching up to him, but I don't know. I, I, I do hope that he finds a spot because... I would, have, go I would out, like him to walk away on his own terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to go out just because nobody signed you after Tough. winning a cup, you got one more year. Like, if he signs a year... like. It, 
I think the Penguins would be a good fit. If he signs a, a one-year deal with the Penguins, they're, you know, they've got a bit of life in, injected to them this season. And he plays 15, 20 games, mm-hmm. gets a couple short, uh, couple power play mm-hmm. wristers, yeah. and can go off on his own note. That, to me... I'd be happy for Phil Castle because oh, I, I would love nothing more than him to find whatever the right swan song is for him. Mm. I just, I really don't think it's going to happen. All right. Well, we'll keep our tabs on Mr. Phil Kessel and where he goes next. Uh, mentioned it. We have Stan Caston joining us at seven today, a big, big day for the PWHL. I talked about it with him a little bit, but uh, we found out today will be the announcement of the six general managers at 9 a.m. So general managers for the new six teams. The draft order will then be released at 10 a.m., which is going to be very important. And then free agency opens up at 1 p.m. So big, big uh, laundry list of things. Yeah, that no, you, no long weekend for them. No, they're grinding this weekend. Uh, I do expect, not that this is like insider information, but free agency opens at 1 p.m., I would not be surprised if the biggest name in hockey signs a contract on day one. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'll be driving in my car up the 400, <laughs> getting a call from one of these general managers to sign. Uh, but no, they. I do think a, a really great way to kick this off, which is a big, big day for women's mm-hmm. hockey, would be have a massive signing today. So mm. wouldn't that be nice? Uh, sure would. Stan did not hint at that when I chatted with him, but we kicked around the idea of me making a return to hockey. So okay. stay tuned for that. Can't wait to hear it. Uh, then we'll have legend in the city, Chad Kelly at 730, a big contract extension yesterday. We caught it while we were on the air, a three-year extension to play uh, some more football for the Argonauts moving forward. Uh, he's obviously been a, a pretty great story here in our city. We'll chat with him at 730 about why he wants to stay even longer. I believe it's one of the, it is now the, he's the CFL's highest paid player with a $1.865 million contract extension. It's, it's a low number compared to NFL, but still nice. It's a, the, I would the take most, that money. He's the highest paid. So Chad Kelly at 7.30, Bill Ripken at 8, and then we'll round up our show with Alvin Williams in studio at 8.30. But I got some stuff for the A-list, so let's take a break. We'll get to that next. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now it's time for hey, the A list. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. What's up, baby? Okay, I'm going to give you three options. I love a choice. I love uh, a choice. I already know which one you're going to okay. say. <laughs> but John Rom, mm. yeah. the Buffalo Sabers, okay. or the mm. Double IHF. Man, those are actually three really good choices. We could I, probably get to th- all three. Okay, you know what? I want to start with the Buffalo Sabres. Okay, Buffalo Sabres. They're pulling a what we thought the Florida Panthers did for the NHL playoffs against the... For shame on you. For the drum and Maple Leafs. Okay, so apparently they're going to experiment, and this isn't confirmed, but um, experiment with zip code... I guess, like, uh, barriers around mm-hmm. purchasing tickets. So last year, there's obviously a lot of games. This was the vice, Sabres vice president um, mentioning that there's a lot of games where 
we saw the wrong color blue or the wrong color red coming into the building, depending on the jerseys. So we've been talking about how do we get tickets in the hands of Buffalo fans? So they won't fully restrict people from other areas purchasing tickets, but their idea is to put them behind in line. So pre-sale for Buffalo Mm -hmm. area fans using a database to purchase tickets before any fans outside of the dedicated marketing area. So hopefully he says, hopefully this experiment will work. Uh, but you know what, you trying know what? to say that nobody can buy tickets that aren't Buffalo. Do you know what would work is the fans of the Buffalo Sabres not selling their tickets That's to it. Leafs Nation. Change. That's what would stop this. But guess what? It's not going to happen because that pays for their whole season. You just mm-hmm. sell your tickets to the Leaf games, to the Leaf fans who come in and invade your building. And it's awesome. Joe Wall got the wind down there. It was yes. great. Rhino Riley hat trick. Boy, what a, how, how long ago does that That's feel true. like right now? And you just have to eat it. You can put in all the rules you want. We tried this before. You've all tried. You can't do it. You cannot keep Leafs Nation out of the building. Mm-hmm. Across this great country, sea to shining sea, guess what happens? A sea of blue and white in your building chanting, go Leafs, go. You cannot avoid it. You cannot stop it. Go ahead and try. And guess what? You know what? Actually, I'm happy they're doing this because all this will do at least before you could say, oh, it's just these Leaf fans who are trying so hard because yeah. they know how cheap it is. No, now you have to live with the fact that it is people from the great state of New York and the upper <laughs> upper, upper Rochester area who are selling their tickets to Leaf Nation. So you got to eat it. Now we know it's, it's Sabres fans doing this. So I love it. It's not going to work because even if you do a pre-sale, like mm-hmm. everyone's seen the Taylor Swift situation where, first we, of all, boy, the, have we. the queue to get into this was insane. But once you buy the tickets, you can easily relist them on any ticket yeah, you service. buy a house, yeah. And that, yeah, you could <laughs> buy a house. So best of luck. Uh, but it's not going to work. And it's just going to make, I think, Leafs fans and other fans in the area more pissed off and mm-hmm. they're going to come down in bigger numbers. Yes. They're going to take buses mm-hmm. down and they're going to rule yeah. the Key Bank Arena. I think it's still that. Yeah. I went to a game last year, but it wasn't Leafs. It was just like a random day and but I was like, a game I in go Buffalo, watch a game. But it was the outdoor game Canada-US oh, nice. at, uh, at whatever they call the Ralph these days. New, Ralph, New yeah. era. New era. Um, okay, so let's... Second, you want John Rom? Now? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was a good boy. I picked yeah, not golf. I was surprised. Um, okay, so this is a, a, a story that he just told on the Loop podcast. Um, before he went to which tournament? Uh, he was leading up to a tournament here. I got to figure out which one it was, right? The Masters. Yeah, mm. the Masters. Just want to be sure about that. Yep. He went out with a couple buddies at Silverleaf Golf Club mm, in sounds- his current town of. Scottsdale, Arizona. Sounds nice. Sounds beautiful. Um, a skins game on Friday with a few buddies where he had a couple goals in mind, hitting a driver as hard as he could, even on every hole, but that wasn't a par three, and getting absolutely hammered. This Love is it. his words. boy, Johnny. Quote, you go to have fun, and we took that to an extreme. We're playing music. We're all drinking, smoking cigars. We stopped counting after eight drinks. boy. I started with an eagle on nine. We started counting afterwards. I don't even know what I shot. I had no idea. I was making putts, but I was like, I don't know. I shot pretty good. It was a good round. He ended up shooting 60, ended up collecting a whole lot of cash. And thanks to that, though, I gave a lot of them back. Uh, I did not touch a club Saturday and Sunday, went to the Masters on Monday and ended up winning. There's your recipe. That's what you need to do. Get absolutely plastered, shoot a 60, hit a couple eagles, and then go win the Masters. It is funny that... How many times have you heard this from athletes, kind of regardless Mm. of the sport of, you know what, you're scuffling. Boys need to go get banged up a little. 
Go have it a time. Worked. And it worked. I love it. This is this is part of what we love about Rom. He is a bit of the everyman. Mm-hmm. He's unafraid. There was after he won his first major, the US Open, there was a video of him hitting a basically glow in the dark golf ball oh, off yeah. the patio at his home club. I imagine this it's silver leaf it. yeah. uh, as well. And by the way, I'm looking at pictures. This is will shock nice? you. It looks wonderful. Uh shocker. John Rahm, a member at a really, really nice course. That's awesome. I love that. It just makes him more relatable. You know, we, of course, love athletes who care about their craft and are super locked in and and try the ba- try their, you know, it's their singular focus. But we also love that they're relatable and Rom clearly kind of straddling the best of both worlds. God, so this I love is that a beautiful course. Yeah. Oh, when you open the website, it's like it's there's a, a spa. It's a spa. Yeah. Oh, my. It doesn't look like. Let me tell. Well, you know what? I think as I'm looking at the website for this beautiful place. The fact that he didn't touch a club Saturday or Sunday, I will say if there was ever a place to recover from a banged up round of golf, it certainly seems like a place like that. Oh, I'm looking at their Instagram and they've got photos of him. Like, he's really proud that he's. uh, I think I'd have to sell my child to even step foot on the grounds once, but yeah. It's stunning. Okay, if he gets to go to Silverleaf Club. Lucky uh, you. Just maybe you'll shoot shout a 60. Out, shout out John Rom. He added that he's shot a 59 there twice, but both times he was sober. Mm. So I don't know. These guys, they're built different. They they're certainly are. It is, it'll never cease to amaze me how golfers and, you know, like other athletes, of course, can impress you with their skill, mm-hmm. but it's not as common in other sports to be a little buckled while you're on the course or, unless or playing in, beer league. Yeah, unless but... you're playing beer league. And even then, some of those guys, it's, it, does, it is remarkable. It's, how many beers like I on the bench and look at those hands. It, it does kind of shock you. Golf is the sport. I mean, I suppose darts, but it's like, I think you have to be drunk to play, play darts professionally, yeah. at least a little bit. I'd imagine uh, half kidding, but yeah, golf golfers ability, good golfers ability to be pretty buckled or have mm-hmm. had a few beverages out there and still just, okay, let me dial it in for half a second here. Cause that's the thing about just golf. Mu- is, is it just muscle need, memory? I think that's, it's mostly muscle memory. There is definitely something to, you know, I'm sure you've experienced while you're out on the course, there is a perfect amount of swing oil that you've mm-hmm. had and you're just feeling a little loose. You're oh, feeling yeah. good. You're not in your head so much. So yeah, everybody's uh, line is different. Apparently John Roms is well past eight drinks so, and cigars. <laughs> sure. Shout out yeah, to him. And his buddies all just getting after it. Um, okay. Last one for you. So the uh, IIHF announced new rules for um, this upcoming season, the Champions Hockey League, <clears throat> a new format. Is this the Champions Hockey League? I'm- I think this is like the Euro- this is all the European leagues and it's like the best teams you from know them. What? Not it's, entirely sure. I'm not. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's just called the Champions okay. Hockey League. Okay. It's got a le- uh, 24 teams. Oh, here we go. The Champions Hockey League. It's new. So it'll be, uh, it start started yesterday. Oh, Congrats 24 teams from 11 leagues yeah, okay. prepared to give it all to win the European trophy. So it's like the Champions League in there soccer, That's but for hockey. Smart of them. So they announced some new rules, and this has kind of caught a little bit of steam because uh, you don't often see lots of rule changes mm-hmm. in hockey. So some of the new rules include a team will remain shorthanded even if the opposing team scores a goal. Good with that? I'm good with that, too. A minor penalty will be served even if a goal is scored while a delayed penalty is pending. Good with that. Yeah, it's not that out of the blue. If a shorthanded team scores, the minor penalty will end. That's the biggest difference that, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen. That's a very Jeff Merrick. I don't have a problem with it, but it just feels gimmicky to me. 
In mm. the, I understand the idea of it. You want teams to push for offense. If a team that is shorthanded is not only rewarded by a goal, but by ending the penalty, it could, in theory, incentivize mm-hmm. them to push more, be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then if penalty, so. killers, if penalty killers are being more aggressive, then that only incent- that is only going to open up more opportunities for the power play. And it's all about generating more offense. I have no problem with it. It just comes across as super gimmicky to mm. me. And I'm sure I would get past that pretty quickly but if at first blush at face value that is the thing i just can't get past it seems very it seems like something a used carsman salesman would try to pitch me on i'm pretty sure jeff merrick has been pushing for this forever um so he was probably certainly excited when he saw that they made this change i love an aggressive pk especially if it's later in a game and you really well, man, need that remember push. the least power kill two years ago kill. right with mikhaev mm-hmm. and all those boys yeah oh mikhaev yeah. Um, our sweet our sweet boy and nothing there's really nothing like a shorthanded goal to like invigorate a mm-hmm. team as well so now if you get the opportunity to score a shorthanded goal end your penalty and get back to even strength uh, i could see this like catching on so yep. it'd be interesting to watch this champions hockey league mm-hmm. which we clearly love and uh have always been following it's I, inaugural season. I think it's a cool idea. I do think I it's, like it's neat. I know all the European leagues, obviously, uh, you know, they all have their own domestic competitions mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, why shouldn't why shouldn't they do that? I think it's beautiful. Um, okay, that was on my A-list for you. A couple things we snuck in there. It was enjoyable. I we loved do it. Have a, oh, thank you. We do have a good story to tell um, during the Something to Chew On about a current Blue Jay. That oh, that's right. Pondering <laughs> I forgot retirement. about this, yeah. But I wouldn't tell you who. Uh, pondering retirement. Uh, we'll chat with Stan Casson after the break. As I mentioned, he's a, he, if you've ever looked at what he's done in his life, uh, you need to sit down it's and like scroll through his, his I, I was going to like, you know, when you like tee up a, a guest and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm, we're chatting with Stan Casson. But I was like, I don't have the time to go through everything that you've done in your career. But he's basically been a, a part of every different sports league there is on many different capacities. He currently is the president and CEO of the Los Angeles Dodgers and is now a part owner and board member with the PWHL. And I mentioned today's a massive, massive day. Uh, free agency opens uh, 1 p.m., but they're going to have their GMs announced, <clears throat> sorry, at 9 a.m. And then the draft Getting order choked at up. 10. It's emotional. <laughs> I'm so emotional. It is emotional. Like Berkey yesterday. Yeah. <clears throat> Spilling the beans that he cried. Yeah. Love that from him. I love that from him. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll chat with Stan Caston and Chad Kelly in the next hour on the Fan Morning Show with Gunnar and Ailish, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.